0: Chapter Three of Bunner Sisters. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Two days afterward, Ann noticed that Evelina, before they sat down to supper, pinned a crimson bow under her collar, and when the meal was finished, the younger sister, who seldom concerned herself with the clearing of the table, set about with nervous haste to help Ann in the removal of the dishes. "'I hate to see food mussing about,' she grumbled. "'Ain't it hateful having to do everything in one room?' "'Oh, Evelina, I've always thought we was so comfortable,' Annalisa protested. "'Well, so we are, comfortable enough, but I don't suppose there's any harm in my saying I wished we had a parlour, is there? "'Anyway, we might manage to buy a screen to hide the bed.' Annalisa coloured. There was something vaguely embarrassing in Evelina's suggestion." "'I always think, if we ask for more, what we have may be taken from us,' she ventured. "'Well, whoever took it wouldn't get much,' Evelina retorted with a laugh as she swept up the tablecloth. A few moments later the back room was in its usual flawless order, and the two sisters had seated themselves near the lamp. Anna Eliza had taken up her sewing, and Evelina was preparing to make artificial flowers.' The sisters usually relegated this more delicate business to the long leisure of the summer months, but to-night Evelina had brought out the box which lay all winter under the bed, and spread before her a bright array of muslin petals, yellow stamens and green corollas, and a tray of little implements curiously suggestive of the dental art. Ann Eliza made no remark on this unusual proceeding— Perhaps she guessed why, for that evening her sister had chosen a graceful task. Presently a knock on the outer door made them look up, but Evelina, the first on her feet, said promptly, "'Sit still. I'll see who it is.' Ann Eliza was glad to sit still. The baby's petticoat that she was stitching shook in her fingers. "'Sister!' "'Here's Mr. Ramy come to look at the clock,' said Evelina a moment later, in the high drawl she cultivated before strangers, and a shortish man with a pale bearded face and upturned coat-collar came stiffly into the room. Anna Eliza let her work fall as she stood up. "'You're very welcome, I'm sure, Mr. Ramy. It's real kind of you to call.' "'Not at all, ma'am.' A tendency to illustrate Grimm's law in the interchange of his consonants betrayed the clockmaker's nationality, but he was evidently used to speaking English, or at least the particular branch of the vernacular with which the Bunner sisters were familiar. "'I don't like to let any clock go out of my store without being sure it gives satisfaction,' he added. "'Oh, but we were satisfied,' Annalisa assured him but i wasn't you see ma'am said mr ramy looking slowly about the room nor i won't be not till i see that clock's going all right may i assist you off with your coat mr ramy evelina interposed she could never trust ann to remember these opening ceremonies thank you ma'am he replied, and taking his threadbare overcoat and shabby hat, she laid them on a chair with a gesture she imagined the lady with the puffed sleeves might make use of on similar occasions. Anne Eliza's social sense was roused, and she felt that the next act of hospitality must be hers. "'Won't you suit yourself to a seat?' she suggested. "'My sister will reach down the clock, but I'm sure she's all right again. She went beautiful ever since you fixed her.' that's good said mr ramy his lips parted in a smile which showed a row of yellowish teeth with one or two gaps in it but in spite of this disclosure ann thought his smile extremely pleasant there was something wistful and conciliating in it which agreed with the pathos of his sunken cheeks and prominent eyes as he took the lamp the light fell on his bulging forehead and wide skull thinly covered with greyish hair his hands were pale and broad with knotty joints and square finger-tips rimmed with grime but his touch was as light as a woman's well ladies that clock's all right he pronounced i'm sure we're very much obliged to you said evelina throwing a glance at her sister oh Analisa murmured involuntarily answering the admonition she selected a key from the bunch that hung at her waist with her cutting-out scissors and fitting it into the lock of the cupboard brought out the cherry brandy and three old-fashioned glasses engraved with fine wreaths it's a very cold night she said and maybe you'd like a sip of this cordial it was made a great while ago by our grandmother it looks fine said mr ramy bowing and Anna Eliza filled the glasses. In her own and Evelina's she poured only a few drops, but she filled their guests to the brim. "'My sister and I seldom take wine,' she explained. With another bow which included both his hostesses, Mr. Ramy drank off the cherry brandy and pronounced it excellent. Evelina, meanwhile, with an assumption of industry intended to put their guest at ease, had taken up her instruments and was twisting a rose-petal into shape. "'You make artificial flowers, I see, ma'am,' said Mr. Ramy with interest. "'It's very pretty work. I had a lady friend in Germany that used to make flowers.' He put out a square fingertip to touch the petal. Evelina blushed a little. "'You left Germany long ago, I suppose?' "'Dear me, yes, a good while ago.' "'I was only nineteen when I come to the States.' After this the conversation dragged on intermittently till Mr. Ramy, peering about the room with the short-sighted glance of his race, said with an air of interest, "'You're pleasantly fixed here. It looks real cosy.' The note of wistfulness in his voice was obscurely moving to Eliza. "'Oh, we live very plainly,' said Evelina, with an affectation of grandeur deeply impressive to her sister. "'We have very simple tastes.' "'You look real comfortable anyhow,' said Mr. Ramy. His bulging eyes seemed to muster the details of the scene with a gentle envy. "'I wished I had as good a store, but I guess Noblesse seems like home when you're always alone in it.' For some minutes longer the conversation moved on at this desultory pace, and then Mr. Ramy, who had been obviously nerving himself for the difficult act of departure, took his leave with an abruptness which would have startled any one used to the subtler gradations of intercourse. But to Annalisa and her sister there was nothing surprising in his abrupt retreat. The long-drawn agonies of preparing to leave— and the subsequent dumb plunge through the door, were so usual in their circle that they would have been as much embarrassed as Mr. Ramy if he had tried to put any fluency into his adieux. After he had left, both sisters remained silent for a while. Then Evelina, laying aside her unfinished flower, said, I'll go and lock up. End of chapter 3